From a two-bedroom apartment on the west side of Los Angeles, it's High on Film! Tonight, we've got Russell DeLilio and Austin Powers, international man of mystery. Who throws a shoe? Honestly, on this week's Shagadelic episode. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of High on Film. Sobering talk about movies. This is episode 225. You know, we're a show where the guest picks the film, and then ideally hilarity ensues, but today, well, on, on the two fives, the five O's, the seven fives, and the zeros, myself, Chris Maxwell, your host, or the man who's right to my left, the co-host from the couch, the walking Kevin Bacon game, one of Earth's Mightiest Heroes, and the Brad Davis that God gave us. My co-host and friend, Brad Davis, get to pick the movie. And today, Brad Davis picks the movie. Brad. Chris. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Doing very well. Do you want to tell everybody what this film is called? It is called Austin Powers' International Man of Mystery. Mm -hmm. From the year of our Lord, 1997. Directed by Jay Roach of Dinner for Schmucks fame and written by Mike Myers. No, not the man. In the white William Shatner mask. The other one. Yeah, the other one. The That's other a William Shatner mask? Yeah. Of Michael Myers, Halloween. That was like modeled after his face or something? No, or? that's what they just had around and they just painted it white. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, Thank you for that little bit of trivia. Yeah. Hey, new Halloween coming out. Written by Danny McBride and David Gordon Green. All right. Jamie Lee Curtis is back. Starring William Shatner. Starring William Shatner's face, certainly. Painted white. That'd be... A, oh, okay. That's the Michael Myers face. I say just get the original. OG it. There it is. To I'm Chris Maxwell. Story. That's Brad Davis. Brad, Austin Powers, international man of mystery. Why? Why Austin Powers today? I actually, like, I've randomly had people quoting this movie around me a couple times recently. Yeah, today. baby. Yeah, I have. Um... So that kind of triggered something for me. And this is also the first movie that I remember like truly laughing at and knowing that it was actually really funny. Like I was actually watching something that everybody would find really funny. I can even remember like my mom renting the we like rented the movie from Blockbuster mm -hmm. and like watched it in my basement that night. And I just remember finding everything so like just laughing throughout the whole thing. And I'd never done that in a movie before. And and here we are, about to discuss it. Yes. How many movies do you think you watched before you started laughing? Ever? Yeah. Before you started yeah. laughing? That's what it's, that's what you're telling me right here is that you mm. had a problem that you weren't able to. <laughs> I meant like pretty properly. much from the from the word from when the movie started to when the movie and I basically didn't stop laughing throughout. Got it. That it is... wasn't like a thing where you only were in hardcore horror and you had never jumped an aisle over and realized. No, I. Oh my god! I could in I could laugh during this experience. I have. I had previously laughed. Got it. Before seeing Austin Powers. Okay. Yes. Yeah. That actually makes me feel good. I'm at least to know. glad to make you feel good. Yay. And guys, let's get right to it. There he is asking the tough questions, as he always does. One of the OG guests of High On Film. He's been here since season one. And we're happy to have him back for a fifth or sixth time, maybe? We don't know exactly. Yeah. There's, There's no way there. to find out. Well, Thanks very much. Is in Europe. Yeah. Lazy. I know. Uh, our friend, our dear, dear friend, 
Russell Delilio has returned to the podcast. Hi guys, how are you? Doing well, Russell. You how put are the you? clap track on, like at yeah. this point. Yeah, yeah. The audience knows here. Yeah, I like yeah. that. That's good. It keeps that up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah. Everybody sit down. Thanks, Thank guys. You. Yeah. Oh, good. I like that. Segway. Segway. Never written one. Russ, what is your experience with Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery, this this comedic touchstone in our lives? I think thirty something. Yeah, I think that we all had a pretty similar like. This was a pretty like liberating kid, like or like on the precipice of. We all thought we were like really starting to get humor or like you know comedy back in the day, and you see this movie and you're like, wow, this is right up my alley, and the. Great part about it is that when you watch it again as an adult, you realize everything holds up, and you weren't. It's not just a, you know, Ace Ventura two when nature's calls, you know, or as we accidentally found out, you know, uh, Austin Powers two, not necessarily holding up the same way that one does here. Well, you did. I have not seen the Spy Who Shagged Me in forever. Yeah. Um, I don't remember liking it because of the the joke for joke. Uh, right re- repetition like they literally recycle take jokes. recycled jokes thank you Brad yeah. but you know what I will say re-watching this I can't believe that one of my favorite Austin Powers bits wasn't in this movie and it's from right. Spy Who Shagged Me when they're seeing the giant dick uh, flying through the sky and they go oh my god it looks like a giant and then cut to a guy going Johnson right. get over here you gotta see this there looks like there's a huge wiener schnitzel for sale you know I love that game. It's a good bit. Not in this movie. I, yeah, I kind of missed that too. Spy Shaggy. You know what else? Mini-Me. Not in this movie. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, that that. I remembered. Yeah. I knew that. And that's and the thing. Yeah. Watching the second one, which as a kid, again, I felt like those movies came out pretty... Like, we were all... We were in that adolescent transitional phase. Like, it was a pretty great time for, you know... <laughs> Movies and media, I feel like. And, and, great and time for Mike Myers. Great time for Mike Myers. And then, you know, that second one, it, it had all these things that you look back, and you're like, oh, this is great. But then you watch it, and you're like, oh. Yeah, that movie's oh, yeah. a bit of a train wreck, I have to say. I remember being really... I, I don't think... I might have only seen it once, because I remember watching it once. I owned like, it. Nah, I'm good. That's just not as good as the first one. Yeah. I VHS that shit. Yeah, I believe I VHS'd all three. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I worked at a video store, though, so I bought a lot of... Secondhand VHS. When I see now, I worked at a video store a little older, so I was like DVDs. DVDs. They didn't even do VHS. They were like I worked through the VHS DVD transition. In the transition, yeah. Look at that. I did. It was crazy. That's nice. It was a wild time. I also saw all CD transition as well. No, we already passed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I remember that. I remember buying cassette tapes and then buying my first CD. I brought CD go around the table. Does everyone Beatles remember? Anthology one before I even owned a CD player because I wanted a CD player that much, and I was like, if "I'm gonna buy this. Prick. I'm buying that CD." <laughs> I can't even believe it. Oh my god! Good story. Great. Good. Congratulations. You just asked us to share the stories. What's your first CD, Brad? Uh, God, that's hard to remember exactly. God I mean, damn maybe, it! Like there was like Jay Z Volume Two was one I certainly got. Mm. Uh, hard Knock Life. On. Uh, in, melancholy and melancholy mm. and the infinite sadness. Uh, one of my personal favorites. Yeah, I mean those were all right around the same time. What's your first CD? John Cougar Mellencamp <laughs> Scarecrow. <laughs> I, I bought it because it's yeah, it's it's absolutely asinine, and I bought it, and because uh, my dad listened to that 
artist, and that was my introduction to music. The kids. The kids. Oh, yeah, me doing me and that little 5.5 five little cracker. All right. Little, that little Let's get back on track here. This is not high on music. This Sorry. is high on Sorry. film. John Cougar Mellencamp. Immediately did uh, Let's get back to where we were going. Mike Myers. Oh, him. Has Cutie. three... Austin Powers movies currently out. Bare minimum. Right? That's true. Let's do the three. Let's get into some Trash Star Destroy. God, I am so off track now. <laughs> I'm about so PD. sorry. You <laughs> asking me a question, me responding, getting angry. Just I, I That was know. a trip down memory lane. <laughs> trash Star Destroy, it's our first segment. We give you three movies of a similar ilk. We ask you trash one, which means it's eliminated from existence. We ask that you star in one, which means you can take any role in that film you would like to occupy. And the third movie then must be destroyed, which means that the only version that has ever existed of said film will be, will have both been direct, written and directed <laughs> yeah. by Mr. Michael Bay. We're of calling that Bay Stride. Armageddon fame. Ooh. God, he's that bad, isn't he? Uh, Armageddon, arguably one of his better movies. And that's what I'm saying, right? Like, oh man, that's like yeah. you trying to give him a compliment. Yeah, yeah. Right it's what oh. second or third best movie. Ooh. So let's first The, the rock. rock. Yeah, I guess it's true. Guys, Austin Powers, <laughs> International Man of Mystery, Austin Powers and the Spy Who Shagged Me, and Austin Powers in. Gold member. Oh, so we're just taking the trillage. The trillage. Okay. The okay. Okay. TSD. The trillage. Uh, this is pretty easy for me, quite honestly. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I'm going to trash Spy Who Shagged Me. Oh, we're fine. Uh, um, I didn't say we weren't fine. Well, that's true. You didn't. Uh, I'm going to give Michael Bay Gold Member because a you have that whole action scene at the beginning which plays right into Michael Bay's hands like the, the movie version the, yeah the faux opening and then Michael Bay can take the place of Steven Spielberg and actually be in his own movie that's his dream I'm sure I'm sure he would cocky love that and move yeah. um, he's, he's writing it up right now he's good idea oh my god these guys are geniuses believe it Austin Powers 4 <laughs> you've been bad yep uh, so yeah I'll give that to Michael Bay, which means I'm starring in the uh, original Austin Powers. International Man of Mystery. The question is, what role do I take? I already know mine. I mean, wow. I guess I I'm take so the role of Dr. Evil. Yeah, Whoa. I see it. I see it. Okay. It's the best lines. Yeah, it's that's the best true. Stuff. Yeah, that's I mean, true. I wouldn't do as well, obviously, but that's, that's my choice. Oh, I bet I know what your choice is going to be do if you would did that, and it's probably a better choice. Shit. But I'm gonna see if I'm right. Okay. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm gonna write it down. <laughs> uh, I, I hadn't made up my mind about what I wanted to do yet. These are mine. Well, go ahead, Russ. Russ, you go ahead. And oh, you want me to do it? Yeah, go, go ahead. Take well, I'm like, I, I might as well do it because I, me and Brad saw eye to eye on this one, member to member, if you will. On I this don't want to do that. Tra we're gonna trash the spider shag me. We were already talking trash on it. Big time, big time. Uh, I'm gonna destroy a uh, gold <laughs> member. I'm sorry, destroy? Destroy? Like, I'm gonna Michael destroy. Uh, okay. Um, like Toss it. it into the bay. Yeah, absolutely. Um... Uh, gold member, just for all the same, like, he could totally handle, he could handle that. He could handle that, that, and make that 
as good travel movie as it is. Yeah, that plays into Bay's hands. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be fine. And then I definitely want to star in the classic original as the Mustafa character that Will Ferrell has. I don't want to be taken over, you know, like. Mr. Limelight, but I want... That is Will Ferrell's star turn. I know. Oh, is it really? I mean... That's the right? yeah, that's that's first other thing. Other than now, yeah. Right? Oh, that's amazing. Or you're saying that because if I took it, then he's not going to get a shot to become himself? He's maybe, fucking maybe Will not. Ferrell. We don't he's going to be in another fucking movie. He'll be fine. Give him another... Sh- he could do a different movie. Butterfly effect, Russ. I don't know. We'll or that I get his money and wealth and fame, fine with it. Yeah, there you Let's go. Let's go to 97. Let's redo this. Yeah. Rust Lilio and Owen Wilson in No one wants to wedding say, yeah, I know. I'd have to well, change I'd my name. i watch that. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's the Will Ferrell part. Though. I know, it's the one. Ma! That's fun. Yeah, there you go. Is it the meatloaf? The meatloaf. meatloaf. I'll have to do the calzones! <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I... All right, Brad, let me see if I can predict what you... Well, I don't want to predict. I'm going to tell you my answers. Follow your gut. I'm going to star in The Spy Who Shagged Me. Oh, well, I'm... Um, Interesting, just to make it better. Powers. Yeah, well, well, hold on. I am going to give Michael Bay gold member, and I am trashing the original. You son of a bitch. So then the second one is automatically better because it's all the recycled bits anyway. Oh. But now it's me. Is Austin Powers with Heather Graham. Damn, really selfish. And we get Mini-Me and my favorite Austin Powers bit. Right, right. All fresh for the first time. Well, I was completely wrong. What was yours? I thought, and actually, probably in retrospect, I would maybe change it and be the Seth Green character, be Scott. Oh, yeah, 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 that's a great, yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's angsty a, teenager, look at you. Yeah, yeah, be angsty and get to be a part of the shush scene. Yeah. Be fun. <laughs> right. But then, I mean, getting to be Scott in the second one is almost better. You get a lot more to do. Yeah, Scott's a, yeah. big throughout. Yeah. yeah. Scott's big. All right, guys. Scotty doesn't know. Let's do... <laughs> nice callback from last week's show. There, there we go. You're on trip last week. You're on trip last <laughs> week. Good oh, job, I'm Russ. all over it. Matt Damon fucking singing his face off. Come on. <laughs> Me scusi, me scusi, Fred Armisen, right? Come on. Wow. If you want to go toe-to-toe with, like, weird, like, you know, media sex comedies. I'm just saying, like, why why does my brain just automatically remember this pointless, pointless knowledge? I don't know, but that's great. I'm glad you know it. Yeah. We enjoyed the movie last week. It's Yeah, that was fun back in the day. Absolutely, guys. Let's do one more Trash Star Destroy category. Let's do it. I love it. Let's do three movies where... Someone, the lead character, plays multiple roles. Okay. Because, of course, Mike Myers plays both Austin Powers and Dr. Evil in this film. What? Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, same guy. Same guy. Wayne from Wayne's World. All three of them. What? Yeah. Shrek from Shrek? Shrek from no, Shrek. No, yeah. that's green guy. The green guy's <laughs> yeah, The green that's one in ridiculous. that movie. Yeah. Oh. So let's do Shrek in So I Married an Axe Murderer. We'll do Donkey in Coming to America. And uh, Peter Sellers in Dr. Strangelove. <laughs> wait, 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 what? We're, we're, doing doing the bomb. we're doing the movies, he said. Not, don't worry about the Oh, did you got me because I wrote Strike Down, and I think I was the wrong one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mike Flyers only well, plays one role in Strike. Okay, so I married an axe murderer. So I married an axe murderer. Right, because he does both. Okay, so I married. And then what was it? Coming to America. Oh, with Eddie Murphy. Arsenio Hall doing a couple of them, uh-huh, man. Uh-huh. And Talking about the barbershop scene. Yeah. Oh, man. 
And then the third film, the Stanley Kubrick classic, Dr. Strangelove. Oh, or okay. How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love <clears throat> the Bobomb. All too pressing in this day and age, once again, huh? Yeah. True words. <laughs> this is hard. This is hard. Because I'll tell you what, I love So I Married an Axe Murderer. I, I really do. So why don't you marry So Why Don't I Marry an Axe Murderer? Well, I would if it asked. <laughs> Um, 2017, you can be the one to ask, Brad. That's, well, true. <laughs> yes, that's always been true. Um, but while I love So I Married an Ex-Murderer, I probably, it, it's probably important to keep Dr. Strangelove intact, because mm-hmm. that movie's pretty incredible. So, oh, man, as much as it pains me, I guess I'm starring, or to, to get rid of, to give the fate of So I Married an Ex-Murderer either way. I'm going to star in Dr. Strangelove. I'm cool. going to play the president. Awesome. That folks Peter Sellers can get rid of one of his roles. Yeah, he yeah. can give one up to me. I mean, will it be worse? Absolutely. Yeah. But that role's awesome. I would love to do that. So I'll be the president. Then So I Marry Next Murder Coming to America. I guess... I guess I will give So I Married an Axe Murder to Michael Bay and Trash Coming to America. I okay. don't really know why. I don't I really have any... I guess I want So I Married an Axe Murder to be around. I feel like if Mike Myers is a part of it, that'll still work very well. I think Coming to America can still work if Eddie Murphy is still a part of it. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I just don't trust... Trust Bay's sensibilities with that movie as much. Yeah, he you'd rather just wouldn't exist. necessarily have the lightest hand when it came to some of the racial stuff. That's ca- exactly yeah. my point. I feel like we're probably better off going the other way with mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So that is my final answer. Brad's locked in here. Russ, what are you gonna do? All right, man. All right, well, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like I want to, but yeah. Uh, sorry, man. Next murderer. Remember earlier I made it sound like a question? Yeah. It gave me grief about that? Yeah, yeah. I was asking a question. I realized that's why I made it sound like a question. So mm. what about? So I met an ex-murderer? Yeah. It sounded like you were doing uh, the oh, hello guys. No, I messed up. So I married an ex-murderer. Oh. <laughs> Miss Googs. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. It's terrible. So, so I married an ex-murderer is trashed. It's gone. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. It sucks. Hey. Because one of these movies... Mike is- Myers would be fine without it. Yeah, and so here's, like, it's going to be interesting. It's like, what would happen if Michael Bay did do Dr. Strangelove? Like, it's going to be an absolute mess. Yeah. Like, Stanley Kubrick would come back from the dead and strangle Michael Bay. Uh-huh. Which yeah. could actually end up in us losing Michael Bay forever, which is kind of like one of those Bennies win-wins at the end of it, mm-hmm. or like a lose-lose-win. Yeah, and that's like a hell of a story. Stanley Kubrick... Comes back from dead, strangles Michael Bay. Yeah, and both, then, and then and both drop yeah. back dead. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He doesn't nothing else to do. Yeah. So then, because the thing is this, like, I secretly, absolutely love and watch pretty frequently Coming to America. It's a great movie. Yeah, and I mean, for exactly what you're saying, like having characters doing multiple parts. Yeah. Who am I gonna be? It's not a no-brainer because I did have to sift through, like, multiple things here, like, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, but I will be the king, James Earl Jones. I oh, think love it. playing that role yeah. as Eddie Murphy's father 
would just make it better. Like, I not better. You can't really... Uh, top James Earl Jones? Can't top James Earl Jones. But no. I think that... Well, I didn't even realize. We had two James Earl Jones movies in this Trash Star Destroy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Strange Love. Oh, God. I didn't think He's in the plane. That. I didn't think about that. Look at you. Look at you. I love Strange Love. Yeah, well, I think you're not going to trash it. Give me give me your three. Well, Russ, you know, as much as I would love to see Mark Wahlberg play multiple roles in Doctor Strangelove. No, yeah. And The Rock be Colonel Ripper. Uh, boy, that is so tempting. That is really tempting. Now that I'm actually talking you're, about... You're really pushing me in a different direction. I know, man. I really want to see it's that. so weird. But I think I have to... I have to be a selfish man. I can't let the world see that. You I am going to star that. in Doctor Strange Love. Yeah. As I'm going to take Slim Pickens' role. I'm riding the bomb, oh, Really? With the cowboy. I can man. see that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. And uh, yeah, then I guess you know what? I, then I'm in the same conundrum as Brad was of which one do I want to see Michael Bay do? I, I mean, I like both of these comedies. Neither one of them do I hold terribly dear. But I'll give it to my, I'll give Axe Murderer to Bay, and uh, just maybe hope that this new Coming America Two can uh, America can do uh, can do well can replace its now trashed predecessor. Uh, you don't approve? No, I mean I no, I like I I, th- I like you. I like you too, man. <laughs> All, right. All right. All right. We're gonna take we a quick break. Now that we have this moment of peace, we're going to take a quick break and be right back with more Austin Powers International Man of Mystery, more Rust Lilio, and more High on Film right after this. There it is, that iconic music from Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. And ladies and gentlemen, put that saddle, saddle up that horse, because we're riding into spoiler country. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, see? Russ likes that. I like that, too. Yeah. I love saddling up. <laughs> it is time for the summary game, the first official game of the podcast. That's worth a damn. That's zero to two points in high on film spoiler country. Uh, oh, I get it. We're each going to be judging each other. Numerically, as friends do, for our performances in the three coming podcast games. The first of which, the summary game, we're each taking a turn at summarizing the OG, Austin Powers' International Man of Mystery in a thousandth of the time that it actually takes to view. This is a high-on-film approved runtime of 94 brief minutes, chock-full of comedy, allowing us each 9.4 seconds to give it the old high on film try and get out the best summary you can. Of course, during our break, we had our patented toy toss. Toy toss. Coin toss. There it is. That's right. And, uh. Toy toss. Goodness. There it is. <laughs> the theme music for the toy toss. Coin toss. Mm-hmm. So glad we paid for it. Three sided coin toss. Brad, you called it. I did. Hales. Came I did. up hails. Yeah. First, second, or third today? I'm gonna. I'm going to go first. I'm going to get it out of the way. Get it out of the way. That's what I'm going to do. Your pick. You've seen this movie a thousand times. I've, I've seen, seen this movie a thousand a times. A lot of times. Russ has seen it a thousand? Oh, definitely. Probably a thousand. Whatever Brad's seen it, plus two. Whoa, Something okay. Bitch. Russ is at 1,002. Yeah. 
All right. Higher stakes for Russ later on, then. Uh, no pressure. Damn it. Since he's seen no the most pressure. Times. I love it. I'm always under it. Brad, in three seconds, I'm going to ask you to summarize it in 9.4 seconds. Okay. Three. Oh, I can't wait for 12 seconds. Two. One. Austin Powers and his nemesis, Dr. Evil, meet in the present, uh, and Dr. Evil tries to take over the world. Austin Powers tries to stop him with his former partner's daughter, and he does. Time. What? Good. I, you wasted a lot of time on Austin Powers and Dr. Evil meet in the present. Well, I was about to say future, but I was like, uh, well, then I got all mixed up, because like, technically it's the past, yeah. but it would be the present, and there were... I, the, it threw me off. Sure. Time travel's hard. Time travel's hard. I've tried. It doesn't work. This, this isn't really time travel. This is Futurama. Futurama. Futurama freezing. Demolition Man freezing. Demolition Man. That's what it really is. Yeah. Encino Man freezing. Nah, it's more Demolition Man. <laughs> 9.4 seconds for me, Brad. I'm up next. Are you ready for this, Chris? I'm as ready as I'm ever going to be. Perfect. Perfect. 9.4 seconds on the clock. In three, two, one. Austin Powers is an international man of mystery spy uh, and he's a photographer and he hates Dr. Evil who tries to kill him. Uh, they both get frozen and wake, wake up in 1997 uh, where Austin, uh, Dr. Evil tries to take over the world and finds out he's a son Austin Powers. <laughs> you guys. Okay. <sighs> well, you got information there for sure. I got information out. There was some. Yeah. Actually, there was a decent amount. Thank you, I'll give you a little more credit. All right, Russ, you ready for this? <laughs> Absolutely. Y'all ready for this? I always take a different road, and so I hope you guys appreciate it. I haven't timed it, so we'll see what happens. I love the roads. I appreciate you it. Just, you just give me a go, and I'll start. I will give you a start time in three, two, one, start time. How do you fight satirical evil from the 1970s? With a crushed blue velvet suit. That's how. Austin Powers will pump your penis full of laughs and hijinks. Can he save the world? Time. That's what the whole movie's about. Is what it was not? the 70s part? Isn't he from the 70s? Or 60s? 60s. Shit. Well, it's like yeah. right Swing on the border. Swing in 60s, baby. It's like no, 60s. On the border. I'm surprised that you got caught up on that 60s. and not pump your penis full of yeah, laughs and hijinks. Yeah, no, that's yeah. perfect. That is pretty good. That's like a, that's an R-rated tagline. That is an R-rated tagline. Yeah, it was PG-13. Sorry that I it missed was. it. I, I messed up the generation there. But. Well, that's a big thing because the seventies are very cynical. Sixties, a lot about free love. Shit. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah, I well, clearly don't know what I was watching all these times. Yeah, well, still, it was very good, Russ. I, Thank I, you. Yeah, Thank I think you missed a lot of the comedy in the movie thinking it was the seventies. So we yeah. should probably rewatch the movie. Again. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I definitely got it. I just always thought, I guess, it was like right on the, the border when it was like tipping to it. Or does the sequel start to take place like. Gold in, members in the Gold 70s. members in the got 70s. It. It's like disco oh, shit. I got it. Maybe yeah. I was distracted because we just watched the opener from that. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, that's yeah. probably what you were But that takes place. Gold members starts off in 2002. Homie. Homie. I'm grasping at straws I know, for I know. anything I'm to cover sorry. my buns here. I'm not a politician. <laughs> I don't do this every day, all right? Just, you're right, you're right. Just give me give me it. I will. I'm sorry. Deem me. I'm sorry. All right. What well, we I'll tell you what. How many points do you want? Two? I'll give you both two. I don't there think I go. deserve two. There you go. All right. Well, I'll tell you. I'll give you a line to impersonate. How about that? For our next game, First Impressions, where we're I'll each going to give a line from the movie Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery, okay. to the person sitting to our right. This one, zero to three points, so a little heavier weighted of the game for said podcast. Now, Russ, since Brad went first, I'm going to go first and give you a line. I'll do it. And <laughs> thank you. How sure. generous. No problem. I want you to do your best 
Austin Powers impression. Yeah, baby. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> not good. It's well, not me, good. I want to hear when he sits down to... It's a great bit. Do I make you horny? That's another great line. Not the one, though. <laughs> Do I make you randy, baby? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, baby. Yeah. When he sits Does down at the like blackjack it? table. No. Ooh. Opposite number two. Okay. And a lot of China. Mm. And he, you know, I, like, I too like to live dangerously. Yeah. Of course. Oh, right, right, right. And right, then right. he introduces himself. Uh, to number two. Allow myself to Fahina. introduce myself. And then, oh! So let's let me play it. All and right. Then, uh, I want to hear your best Austin Powers, baby. You got it. Twenty beats your five. I'm sorry, sir. Well, I won't lie to you. Cards are not my bag, baby. Allow myself to introduce myself. My name is Richie Cunningham, and this is my wife, Oprah. It's not Bond, James Bond, but go really? ahead, Russ. I'm not going to lie, baby. Cards are not my bag. Allow myself to introduce myself. My name is Richie Cunningham, and this is my wife, Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> very nice. Yeah, very yeah, nice. I, I, do, I do the best I can. Shagadelic, some would say. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. There yeah. it is. There's yeah, that classic baby. Austin Powers. Yeah. Nailed it. Do you have a line do you uh, want Brad to impersonate? Absolutely. Which one would it be? I mean, I was just thinking about it earlier, too. Like, the way that Brad likes to go with the choice for the limelight, the role, you know, like the star. Sure. And he even said, what would you really, you want to be Dr. Evil, right? I, I want to give you a Dr. Evil line. Okay. It happens to be... Probably the most ridiculous Dr. Evil line. Maybe the most ridiculous line in the entire movie. It's the line where Dr. Evil describes his very basic, very normal childhood. Typical. Typical. Typical childhood at the therapy, the group therapy session. We've heard from you, Scott. Now, uh, you, tell us a little about yourself. The details of my life are quite inconsequential. Oh, no, please, please. Let, let's hear about your childhood. Very well. Where do I begin? My father was a relentlessly self-improving boulangerie owner from Belgium with low-grade narcolepsy and a penchant for buggery. My mother was a 15-year-old French prostitute named Chloe with webbed feet. My father would womanize, he would drink, he would make outrageous claims like he invented the question mark. Sometimes he would accuse chestnuts of being lazy, the sort of general malaise that only the genius possess and the insane lament. My childhood was typical. Summers in Rangoon, luge lessons. In the spring, we'd make meat helmets. When I was insolent, I was placed in a burlap bag and beaten with reeds, pretty standard really. At the age of 12, I received my first scribe. The age of 14, as a roastery named Vilma, ritualistically shaved my testicles. There really is nothing like a shorn scrotum. It's breathtaking. I suggest you try it. You know, we have to stop. All right. Mike Myers said this is his voice fashioned after Lorne Michaels. And that's kind of all I can hear now. Especially uh, in an audio-only setting. So, Brad, 
Make me think I'm listening to Lorne Michaels. The details of my life are quite inconsequential. Very well. Where do I begin? My father was a relentlessly self-improving boulangerie owner from Belgium with a low-grade narcolepsy and a penchant for buggery. My mother was a 15-year-old French prostitute named Chloe with webbed feet. My father would womanize. He would drink. <laughs> he would make outrageous claims like he invented the question mark. Sometimes he would accuse chestnuts of being lazy. The sort of general malaise only genius possess in the insane lament. My childhood was typical. Summers in Rangoon. Luge lessons. In the spring, we'd make meat helmets. When I was insolent, I was placed in a burlap bag and beaten with reeds. Pretty standard, really. <laughs> At the age of 12, I received my first scribe. At the age of 14, a Sorestrian named Vilma ritualistically shaved my testicles. There is really nothing like a shorn scrotum. It's breathtaking. I suggest you try it. Ooh, there you go. Stop there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We've had wow. first impression that long since uh, our live show. No, I, I think that's the Princess Leia line, but at the same time, that was unbelievable. Yeah. That cracked me up. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Good job, Brad. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. Oh. <laughs> right on the breath there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you sold it. All right. <sighs> All right. All right. He would womanize. <laughs> he would womanize. Back kill him. drink. He would drink. What's a meat helmet? I have no idea. I just love it. <laughs> just love it. I just love it. I do, oh, man, I love the claims, outrageous claims, like he invented the question mark. That is so good. Only the genius possesses. The general lament. You were killing that. Oh, that was that, that whole monologue is fucking brilliant. It is so funny. Um, <laughs> well, Brad, you yes. have a line that you'd like to hear me do from Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. I do, Chris. Great. And I kind of wish I would have looked up this actor's name before we uh, did this, but we can look afterwards. Uh, it is so the sad. scene right after... <laughs> so, sorry. Uh, right after... Austin is defrosted, and... Austin is defrosted. Yes. Uh, he and uh, oh. Vanessa are leaving the facility, mm -hmm. and he's getting his, you know, his uh, personal items back. You know, his crushed velvet suit, his boots, some other... Th his Bert Bacharach plays the hits on yeah, vinyl. vinyl. And then he gets to the Swedish-made penis enlarger. And kind of the build of this joke to finally the last button of the joke, the book, is uh, that that would be the specific line I want you to do. But the whole scene is hilarious. Here it is. One Swedish made penis enlarger pump. That's not mine. One credit card receipt for Swedish made penis enlarger. Signed by Austin Powers. I'm telling you, baby, that's not mine. One warranty card for Swedish-made penis enlarger pump filled out by Austin Powers. I don't even know what this is. This sort of thing ain't my bag, baby. One book, Swedish-made penis enlarger pumps and me. This sort of thing is my bag, baby. By Austin Powers. Ah. Just sign the form. Okay, don't get heavy, man. I'll sign him just to get things moving, you know. All right. Great bit. Great escalation. 
the penis enlarger, the credit card receipt, the uh, warranty. warranty card, yeah, and then <clears throat> the book. One book, Swedish-made penis enlargers, and me, this sort of thing is my bag, baby, by Austin Powers. Ah! Ah! That was my Austin Powers. Ah! Yeah. Neil Malarkey. That's that guy's name. Neil, Neil Malarkey! Bullshit! Neil Malarkey. Love it! <laughs> Alright, guys. Bullshit! Bullshit! Russ calls bullshit. bullshit. Neil! Malarkey! <laughs> What? Get over towards the microphone if you're going to continue this time. <laughs> Just walk away. <laughs> I had to blow my nose. Again, the allergies. Oh, sorry. Sorry, guys. No, no that's all right. Quite all right. <laughs> no, but isn't malarkey, um, don't you... Isn't that like a slang? For, for shit. For, is it just shit? Yeah, a bunch of... Like, Bullshit. Malarkey. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a whole lot Hooey. of malarkey. Yeah. yeah. Like they did that joke in uh, Band of Brothers, that classic Band of Brothers joke, yep. Oh, one of the guys' names is that? Malarkey? Yeah. And they go, oh, you're old bull hooey. Yeah, that's exactly what they said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did Ron Livingston says that? Yeah. Or uh, Dottie Wahlberg. What's his name? Dottie Wahlberg, yeah. right? No, it's, um, oh my God, uh, with Homeland, Mr. Homeland. Mr. Homeland. Damien uh, Lewis. Lewis. Damien right. Homeland Lewis. Yeah, the hottest redhead. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, like, like Mr. Ginger, he should be their poster boy. He's sexy. He is. He's he a good-looking man. He's a good-looking guy. He's a very good-looking man. Yeah, uh, I'm a more of a Ron Livingston guy. For redhead? No, redhead. not for redhead. For oh, Band of Brothers. Band of Brothers. Yeah. Uh, sexiness. Yeah. Not certainly not David Schwimmer or Jimmy Fallon. Oh my God, how funny! Would... I know, dude. Actually. I give Schwimmer a lot of balls for that role because, like... He's really good at it. He's really good at it, and it's just such a hateable character. So, yeah. like, to be it, but then, like, at the end of it, you, like, still can feel for him. Yeah. Totally different. And thing. when Jimmy Fallon shows up at the end, I threw up. Wait, Jimmy Fallon's at the end of that? Yeah, he comes up, like, riding on a Jeep. He's like, hey, guys, I need you back at camp. No, Jimmy Fallon? Yeah, Trump supporter Jimmy Fallon. We're talking about the same person? Yeah, late, late tonight with Jimmy Fallon? <laughs> late tonight, <laughs> later tonight with Jimmy Fallon. Mr. Cokehead, Jimmy Fallon? <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I mean, come on. All right, guys, let's get into some <laughs> scene work. This is the open forum, just part of the podcast where we're going to talk, dig into, discuss no Austin Powers, <laughs> International no Man of Mystery. Of course, we are an optimistic podcast. We like to start things off optimistically. That means... Doo -doo -doo -doo, optimistic. Best scene. Okay. What's the best scene in Austin Powers? I-M-O-M. My mom? International Man of Mystery. Oh. Uh, my, I'll just go out and just blurt them out. I mean, these no, are pick two. one first. One. What's the best? Well, I have like... One best Austin scene for me, and one best Doctor Evil scene for me. Well, which is the, which edges the other out? We'll come back to it. We'll come back to it. My best would be like when we meet Scott, because you get a little bit of Frau Farbissina with a uh, what is her line again? Uh, do you remember when we froze your scene? <laughs> and you're just like, what? where's this going? And she's like, wait, we get a little bit curious, and it's fucking great. Yeah. Um, we get to meet Seth Green, that whole thing, that, like, 
exaggerated character of like you know angsty teen. Yeah. All in that one scene. Doctor, absent father figure. Absent father figure. Right. We it's get the macarena. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, excuse me, guys. I have a little bit of the allergies. I'm blowing my nose. I'm trying to do it away from the camera. Camera. Uh, you're doing it far away from camera. Yeah, you're definitely not near a camera. Um, yeah. I actually agree with, like, I actually think it's, because technically there's a, the scene is, there's an edit between, there's a scene between. Yes. There's a scene before it where we see Dr. Evil's face for the first time. Yes. That right. whole thing, because you start with The Will Dr. Ferrell. Evil Roundtable is yes. what I was kind of calling. Because this is all okay. We're all in agreement. Like, this Dr. is the Evil best scene reveal? in this movie. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. The best scene in the movie is this. Is this scene. because you start off with? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm done. I'm done. Start off with whatever you need to. I'm not trying to. No. You start off with Will Ferrell and the Mustafa character yeah. and the unfreezing process going poorly. So then he gets thrown into the fire pit. And the whole, I've been badly burned, I've been shot, you shot me right in the arm. That whole sequence is so funny. Complications. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, and not only that, but then it's followed by the introduction of the other characters, including Random Task, which I loved as a James Bond fan in 1997. Uh, the Lucky Charms bit with Frau Farbisna and... Uh, 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 Patty O'Brien. Pat, yeah, Patty O'Brien. Uh, right. The Failed Plans... Of like one oh divorcing Prince Charles right. and Princess Di and uh, what's the other one next? Uh, the oh the ozone layer yes decimating the ozone layer and then the one million dollars and then you cut back the after the edit you get the Scott tag of introducing Scott right. and also don't forget in that scene you also get the moment when uh, random task comes over to take Mr Bigglesworth and his arm gets latched to random task and gets pulled away from the table <laughs> yeah because his rolly chair <laughs> yeah because the rolly chair and he has to like drag himself back also really really funny yeah like that you get so many comedic bits all in that one scene and great comedic and bits. great they're really, all great it's really buttoned up I love it okay now Russell since we're all in agreement that, that is easily the best scene in Austin Powers What's, what's your second? What's your best Austin scene? I know, and like, I go back and forth, and I think I was just really taken aback with Austin defeating the Fembots, because it culminates, it's not the most comedically developed scene, not like, you know, him going into Mrs. Vagina's, or, you know, him at the casino, or like any of those other kind of gems, uh, or even him, like, meeting up with Basil, and like, it being revealed that he went and got evidence of, you know, Miss Vagina's uh, penthouse. You know, like, before and then pun before mom. he punches Basil's mom. Like, yeah. all of those are really great, but then if you culminate and put all of that into one ridiculous scene, him defeating the Fembots, defeating robots with his own mojo, yeah. I think is one hell of an example. And then having to diffuse the tension with Vanessa... Somehow, immediately, while in his drawers, I think that's uh, quintessential Austin Powers. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta say, for my Austin moment, it has to be the Sisyphean million point turn in the, uh, okay. uh, the, tunnel, right. the vehicle right. in the tunnel. <laughs> uh, and it's only two quick cuts, and the next one is when it's just like stuck yeah. perpendicular to the way it should be going. It's so funny to me. Um, and he's, because he sells it. But honestly, my favorite bit beyond the Dr. Evil roundtable is Michael McDonald getting steamrolled. 
standing there screaming for them to stop as they slowly move closer and closer. Get out! It's move! So fucking funny to me. I, I just love that bit. Well, that is a good one. And I like the other Dr. Evil round table, like when Austin and Vanessa are now captured and Scott comes to the table, <laughs> you get the shush bit there. Yeah. You also get whenever Scott's like, why are you uh, feeding yeah. him? Like, why are you I have a gun. I'm going to... In my room. Right now. You just don't get it, do you, Scott? Like, no, I'm going to close the door and put him... And assume the whole thing went to plan. So what? And the extremely slow lowering device. Yeah. Like, just playing on all the little... The little tropes. Yeah, the little tropes. And then isn't that also the... Shark... Shark with freaking laser beam behind her head. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, there's like, you know, the old trope is, or a trope adage is that, you know, a Bond movie, or I mean, even now, like a, a Marvel movie is only as good as its villain. And I think that's very true in this movie as well, because I think Mike Myers' performance as Dr. Evil easily outshines his performance as Austin Powers. So, oh, totally. It's, uh, it's yeah. awesome. It makes the whole movie. Yeah. I mean, it really sets the movie apart. It that's is funny, yeah, if you think about that, like, yeah, how many more people probably dress as Austin Powers? Probably because it's a more attainable costume. Yeah. All right. Well, there it is. There's the sound of bum bum worst scene. If there's a best scene, there must be a worst. Not really. What is it? You have to pick something. If I had to pick something, I'm just going to go what out What takes say, away from this movie for you? Be a pessimist. Be the, a hater. The, even though it was essential for story building, the montage of him having to learn and grow up and do the 90s thing and going out to the bar and giving the peace sign to like the couple that just laughs at him, while that is very quintessentially 90s to have a, you know homogenized group of males and females hanging out in Vegas making fun of somebody else just for the sake of their own laughter. And the peace uh, sign's back. What's up? Peace sign's back, baby. Yeah, that is, I guess that is, is that what I I do it. Yeah. It's I back. do anything. I feel yeah. like people don't judge like they judged in 90s, which was whatever. But moral of the story is I felt like, all right, low force, a little, bit, a little heavy-handed. Because, like, again, I don't feel like there's really anything wrong with this movie. So there's... That was, to me, a weak moment. Yeah. I do like it, uh, not necessarily in that moment, but I like parts of it that, uh, like the treatment of women, like Elizabeth Banks, thanks, Hurley, calls him out for it. Uh, like, hey, you can't say that anymore, Austin. And then, like, so when they get in their fight, she tells him, like, hey, it's the 90s, you gotta get with the times. Right. And I like that kind of thing for this, like, over-sexualized... Definitely. I'm character. sorry. James I Bond would... character. Yeah. Um... But yeah, I agree with you. Like it, it is a little forced when they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Felt like like they did a montage, a couple montages earlier, like one with Burt Baccarat that was hilarious. That montage into the crazy kind of like seventies like oh, the icon Vegas. Like, yeah, the Vegas type of stuff where you're like, oh, this is super fun. And it's not seventies; it's just Vegas. I, I don't know why I keep doing that. <laughs> I don't what know the either. Fuck is wrong with me, guys? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's the second time. Yeah. Brad, a worse scene. Yeah, it's hard. Uh, I guess if I had a couple little problems, I mean, they're like little bits here and there. I mean, I, as a kid, obviously, the scene, the Who Does Number Two Work For scene is very funny to me. It uh -huh. still holds up pretty good. With Tom Arnold? Yes. Yeah. The button of, damn boy, what did you eat, is a little weak right, to end yeah. on. Especially to look at a body and, that's yes. and say, what did you eat? It's stupid. It's That's dumb. really true. It's a bad button. Uh, I also never 
but like in this time when I watched, it, I was like, well, this is kind of silly. Is Austin tell when when they have that fight scene and her telling him like you can't just sleep with everybody and him saying Vanessa, you're everything to me. Like we we you've known each other for like yeah. three days. Yeah. And that's a that is a Dude, that isn't that, that how love in so works many, in movies? Yes, that is how love works in movies. Ah. And I'm that's why this is like nitpicking because overall we're nitpicking. Yeah, because yeah. it's, it's hard to find movie. problems with this movie. Yeah. I'll tell you, I never I the one joke I never thought was funny, and then every person that I didn't want to talk to would always say appropriated this joke for themselves. Uh-huh. It always bothered me. When uh, Austin comes out of the freeze and he sees Vanessa and he's like, says out loud what he means. Like, oh, I bet you she's a good shag or whatever. No, and he's like, shags like a yeah, yeah, shags like a minx. And then he says like, oh, should I tell them that my inner monologue skills are broken from the unfreezing process? Uh, I hope I didn't say that last part out loud just now. I hate that. It never worked for me. I didn't really hate it in the movie. But it never made me laugh. And then people started appropriating that joke. and be like, uh, I hope I didn't say that last part loud. Uh, and yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're not the talent Mike Myers is to pull off that. <laughs> yeah, and Weak no one joke thought as were. it is. Yeah. They were like, what like borderline offensive thing am I going to try to get away with saying right now? Yep. Yeah, 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 exactly. That could be infuriating. Oh, man. And so, yeah, my whole that's life's really... probably been a mess because of that. My joke. whole life yeah. has been a mess because of that joke. Damn. Guys, there it is, the sound of our final podcast game starting. Milking it. Zero to five points for this game for each player around the table. Ideally making it anyone's game to win or lose. Here we are, reaching a draw card from the big box of Hollywood ideas of prequels, sequels, reboots, and genres. On said card will give you a new way to adapt, reuse, reduce, recycle... Any ideas, characters, plot lines, themes you want from Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery, and make a brand new movie. We'll need a title and a quick summary from each one of us, and we will judge zero to five points. Brad Davis. Yep. It's Russ's turn to go first. That is correct. So we'll let him choose a card, any card, right. as long as it's a card from Russell's favorite game on the podcast. Be, yeah, okay. Courtroom drama. Off the Powers of National Man of Mystery as a courtroom drama. <laughs> oh, God, that seems like a strong to think about the characters. All right. Brad Davis. We're getting a prequel. Whoa. Okay. Did you kind of get that in gold number, though? A little bit. Okay. Well, I can come up with something different. Uh, well, I'd hope so. Yeah. And I'll draw a card here. Dun, 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 dun. A revenge film. Oof, nice. Cool. When's the last time someone wrote a revenge 12. film card? That's been a while. It's been a while. All right, guys, we are going to take our second break and be right back with more High on Film and three brand new movies for your listening enjoyment right after this. And we're back high on film right in the middle of milking it for Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. One tentpole of Mike Myers' storied career. And one of the two of the best comedies, I think, of the last quarter century. More than. Probably. 
right? More than? Yeah. It's 30 years. How far are we willing to 30 years. extend this? 30 no, years? 20 years, shit. 50 years. Jump ahead. Oh, yeah, that is 20. Yeah. Did you put it in 50 years? Uh, That's one of the top two comedies in the last 50 years? Yeah, definitely Two not. comedies of Mike Myers in oh. the top comedies of the last oh. 50 years. Definitely the yeah. last 50 years. But I think with Mike Myers, I mean... <laughs> not of Mike Myers' that, career. Yeah. Oh, okay. Comedy. But I was also referring to Wayne's World being the other one. Yes. Wayne's World right. and Austin Powers both being in the top comedies of the last 50 years? Uh, yeah, on certainly two of my favorite movies of all time. I mean... Ranks up there high on my comedy list. Right, great. Well, let's okay, see if we can yeah, we milk it. this one. Wow. We're done. Let's work. You guys are milking it. Yeah, you're milking it first, Russ. Oh, shoot. All right. With your courtroom drama. I'm going to pull, pull, pull on that. Yep. On that. Utter. T. Oh. It is. Both utter. are correct words. Oh, thank you. I've never <laughs> actually done the action. I mean, it would be interesting to visit a farm at one point. But instead, I'll read you uh, my new courtroom drama. Based upon the story of Austin Powers. <laughs> the legend of Austin Powers. All right. In the world. Now, um, I don't know what kind of voice would be reading this. It, ah. Your voice. Your voice will work just fine. Perfect. We love your voice. That shot prosecutor, Basil Exposition. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, Is that not my voice? There. Wow. <laughs> That was almost a bit Is that not how I sound? You guys ready? That child prosecutor, Basil Exposition, is trying to take down evil kingpin, Dr. Evil. In order to nail him, he enlists the cunning detective, Austin Powers. But Dr. Evil will stop at nothing to accomplish his ultimate plan of worldwide destruction, using his henchmen to take down Powers. Can Dick Powers follow the money? All one million dollars, and prove beyond all doubt that Doctor Evil deserves to be behind bars. Find out on ICC International Crimes Court. Evil v. Powers. Okay. Uh, yeah, Tuesday like, nights <laughs> on A and E. It's a movie. It's not a show. Oh, I thought it was a show. I thought it was a series. A it's situational. Not film, bro. Oh, okay. Uh, I have a lot of questions. Yeah, wait. Yeah, wait. <laughs> no, no, go for it. No, absolutely. I know everything about this drama. So, right. My first, I'm ready to answer all of them. First question yes. is: Is there any point where they are in a courtroom? <laughs> <laughs> question as well. Where is the courtroom scene so, of this courtroom drama? Believe it or not, I did struggle to incorporate. The courtroom aspect. In, in a courtroom drama. But well, a lot of what I gave you was like... The leading up the, to The it. leading up to, but there is going to be... So the this is definitely a six-hour movie. Which, which is, or which is definitely like why I thought it was going to be a more of a TV show thing. Sure. Where we saw Basil... That's your mistake. Well, no, 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 no. Yeah, it's definitely a miniseries. Like, imagine Basil... He's got his wig on. He's doing his regular prosecutorial things. He's building the case. That's what they do when they're oh, doing court oh, in Britain. Br Jesus Christ, the man! British, I see. Get it together. This is Austin, this is ICC Austin v no <laughs> Evil v Powers. Yeah. Okay. We get it. And what I mean is that okay. So uh, and then Austin's out collecting data, and he's not a spy as much as he's a detective spy. He's a detective slash spy. But he's supposed to be a lawyer. He, it, it, he's supposed to be the lawyer? No. 
The prosecutor's Basil. He's working. Oh, at oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Hotshot okay. prosecutor Basil exposition. But that's where you're shooting yourself in the foot because you're immediately putting your main character out of the courtroom. No, it, well, no, no. Um, what do you mean, my main character, Austin? Uh, <laughs> Dick Powers? Dick. Dick no, Powers. no, so this is more like, think about a wire. There's like I more main characters. Listen, the I didn't wire. even bring up Frau Farbissa and her role, but she has. An unbelievable. As a liar, not a drama. Yeah, no. The amount, the percentage of the show that takes place in a courtroom isn't high, especially. <laughs> I can tell. Especially over the first four or five it episodes. It takes place in a clerk's office. Of the thirteenth episode arc, but you're right about that. Points okay. will be given out yeah. accordingly. But but what I'm saying is, is it's an ambitious four or five season show <laughs> that you guys aren't taking into a point. And you were supposed to make a movie. But ah, debatable. <laughs> TV no, is not debatable. <laughs> I said three brand new movies for your listening enjoyment. Uh, well, I, well, I would argue. <laughs> okay, that We're not gonna argue anymore. You watch the We're first Brad, episode, hour and a half, and then you realize after, oh, this isn't a movie. Uh, We're gonna let Brad tell us his prequel, so that we can get on with the show. Brad, what is the prequel to Austin Powers' International Man of Mystery? I don't know. I don't know anything anymore. <laughs> okay. No, I do. I'm back. Okay. Oh, oh my god. Okay. Oh, all right. Composure. So, we are going to start. Uh, the prequel takes place... Uh, Austin is fresh out of the academy. And now he is actually like on the job as a international spy, secret slash secret agent. Um, and his first his first day on the job, there's already been reports of a uh, a cadet who was at the academy has been on a crime spree. And they learn that the person who is, that person is Dr. Evil, and that Austin was roommates with him at the academy. So they immediately put Austin on this case to try to get as much, with, introduce Miss Kensington, uh, Mrs. Kensington, who is a little bit of, she's only, she's still pretty young too. She's like a couple of years on the force or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but she's running the case and they bring in Austin to work with her as like the new recruit to kind of see into the mind of Dr. Evil because he knows him. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of treat it as almost um, training day-esque. Where Mrs. Ah. Kensington, Mrs. Kensington is kind of this badass spy and Austin's kind of this a little... Not shy because he's still Austin, but like very Ethan Hawke in Training Day. Very green, thank you. Uh, on the job, so we've kind of the the comedy would probably be played on almost spoofs of uh, buddy cop films or uh, movies where like the two lead detectives fall in love, like some play on those type of things. Even though him and Miss Kennedy never actually fall in love. Um, so and it's him in over his head trying to catch Dr. Evil, and uh, it's kind of their first true um, uh, face-off, if you will. Oh, face-off. Face-off. Face -off. Their first face-off as, uh, as when they first truly become nemesis. Nemesis? Nemesis. And, um, of course, Dr. Evil gets away, and, like, you know, Austin wins the day, but Austin, Dr. Evil's still out there to, uh, you know, put 
uh, put a lot of pressure on Austin as a cop. And as you see Dr. Evil running away, of course, there's a stray cat he, who comes up to him. Uh, so he gets Mr. Bigglesworth. And Mr. Big, Mr. Bigglesworth, with all the white poofy hair, starts as a stray cat. Yep. <laughs> right. Right, yep. right, right. Pickle, as yeah. a baby king? Purebred. I can't. Uh, it or... runs away from something else. I don't know. Sure. But that's he gets the cat at, some, at that oh, point. A previously cat. dead supervillain. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah. It's true. It's a cute. It's like a super. It's cat. a rescue. It is a rescue. <laughs> it's a rescue. Super you, cat. you see the soft side of Doctor Evil. That's nice. Uh, in Austin Powers, the spy who trained. Ah, okay, okay. <laughs> wow. Uh, I have a tag. I have a. I have a. Should have tried to do another James Bond movie. I know, but I couldn't come up with anything good, and I don't know the James Bond movie. I have well. the quote. The quote of the movie for you, by the way. Thanks. M- for Mrs. Kensington, she says. Loch Ness ain't got shit on me. <laughs> like King Kong. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, no, I write it down. Loch Ness. It, w- it would be and her monster that she would. Uh, when she. I don't know, you know. Is she going to ha- follow a similar fate as Denzel in that movie? Do you see that happening? Um, I, I hadn't really thought that far, but uh, probably not because she's still alive hmm. in the. Right. In this Austin Powers, when he's older, so well, I guess she's so not gonna put to, uh, Okay, interesting. All right, guys. All right. Well, I got a, a revenge film if you're ready for it. Revenge. Nice. Let's do it. Revenge. All right. So uh, Austin Powers is a billionaire '60s playboy photographer. Uh, he's inherited a lot of like his fortune from uh, his parents, who have uh, recent-ishly both died and left him the whole estate. Uh, you know, he's out in town. Blah blah blah. He's got a lot of. Uh, his father had a lot of investments and a lot of things, including this one, like, Cryolab. Uh, he ends up that this Cryolab he's been funding has uh, kind of, like, been fucking him over, been, like, um, uh, ripping him off. So when he's confronted about this, there's a fight, and he gets pushed into one of the cryo tubes and set to uh, the f- <coughs> 30 years in the future. Or distant future. Sorry, not more than 30 years. Like, a thousand years. Whoa. Um, and they can't... They couldn't kill him because he's this famous playboy guy who has so much money. And so they fashioned it to make it look like he wanted to freeze himself for this long. So, that's our exposition there. Start the movie, and uh, there's a huge power outage, you know. Uh, Austin's cryo tube has been now in, like, the sub-basement in, you know, some old dusty spiderweb corner of the oh, building. Oh, forever young. And uh, I never saw it. Oh, Mel Gibson. He's actually frozen. Oh. I just remembered that one. Oh, there you go, Brad. Yep. Where was that when you were I don't know. Asteroids? It seriously just occurred to me when you said frozen in a basement. Um, and so, uh, of course, the power doesn't come back on for this one section. Uh, and he thaws out, wakes up, and then finds that uh, this the daughter of one of his old friends from the company has now been like, she works for the corporation, but because she was like a good person... She's like, you know, a secretary of the like the sub basements and like keeps like the inventory or whatever, like keeps the checkout things there. So they pair up and he goes after uh, all the guys that froze him who are now at the top of the food chain of this big corporate ladder. Um, you know, finds out his life and his family are gone and he goes after these gangsters um, one by one. And it's called The Power's Redemption. Ooh, The Power's Redemption. That's nice. Thank you. Man, you're scaring me. <laughs> I'm sorry, Russ. Well, as soon as you're done scoring, pass your scorecards to the front of the class for 
final edition. And as we do that, we unfortunately move into our pessimistic end of the show. Podcast regrets. Oh. Is there anything you regret saying or not saying during the duration of this podcast? Ooh. Um, boy, I feel like there's plenty of other scenes I could have talked about as far as being awesome. Uh, I mean, I always love the... One of the lines I actually... I wish I could have given more lines from this movie would mm. actually be my regret because I would have loved to give the Dr. Evil, I want chicken, I want liver, meow mix, meow mix, please do liver. Yeah, that's a great Cracks one. me up the every time I see it. It's so funny to watch a supervillain try to track down their cat with by tempting them with food. Yeah. So that's what they do a great job in this movie. Making this, like, try to make this supervillain as, like... Somewhat normal as possible. Um, but, yeah. There's just so many great comedic bits in this movie. I agree. Uh, Russ, any podcast regrets? Uh, I'm sure everything that I said is something that I regret. <laughs> just like the rest of my life. So, oh. you know, it's hashtag nah, retweet is not an endorsement on everything that I said okay. to myself. And then... Um, at the same time, um, yeah, I regret not watching this movie more frequently. I probably still watch it at least, like, once a year, every two years. I probably haven't seen it in a year or two. And I'll tell you, I'm, I'm really regretting that I haven't uh, sat down and watched the, the next two. I, I can just kind of whet my appetite, and I'm really interested in re-watching them after all these years. I only think I only saw Goldmember once, but outside of the uh, brief opening... Scene that we just rewatched, uh, yeah. which I have always loved. It's mm -hmm. a terrific opening. I remember yeah. seeing it in the theaters, being like, "This is awesome." The Austin Powers movie, directed by Steven Spielberg, starring Tom Cruise, Gwyneth Paltrow, Kevin Spacey, and Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito, all in. Just, it's great. Should have made that movie. Should have made that movie. Well, guys, I got the points tallied, and unfortunately, it's not so shagadelic for me. Fifteen point oh, three no. points. Oh no! Unfortunately. Russ, you're a little groovier. 15.45. Whoa. But Brad picked Four this movie. Five. And he is the victor. Ah. 16.35 points for Brad Davis. That God gave us. What kind of spoils does he got? He gets bragging rights for a whole week. Boom. Actually, two weeks, because next week, I'll tell you, it's another very special episode. It just worked out this way. That's true. That we're going to have the first ever High on Film Fest. Mm. And Brad and I are going to count down... Our top, a, a combined top ten, favorite or best? Is it favorite or best? Little I both? guess it's probably a little more best than favorite, probably. quite honestly, but uh, a little okay. of both. Little column A, little column B. Best movies of the century so far, as inspired by that uh, list that came out a few months ago that was oh. so oft discussed. Yes. Best movies of the 2000s. Since 2000 on. Okay. So join us next week for that. And Russ, thank you so much for being on the show today. Guys, it's my pleasure. It's always, I mean... Shagadelic. Shagadelic. Yeah, baby! <laughs> yeah, there it is. Uh, yeah. Thank you for having me as always. And, uh, you know, one of these days I do look forward to, you know, picking a movie and sharing that experience with you guys. But I, I love that Brad has me back. This is the second time you've had me on for one of your picks. That's true. You're a favorite of mine. What I know, uh, right? Die Hard and uh, Austin Powers. So two big ones. You know, ugh, the biggest. The biggest. Mm. Brad Davis, 
Thank yes. you very much, sir. As always, congratulations on 225. Oh, thank you. Congratulations to you, too. That it's quite... We, we did it. We did it. Well, it was your pick, so... Yes, thank you. But, yes, overall, 225 is quite an accomplishment. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Uh, are we doing plugs now? Is yeah, 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 plug, yeah. Plug. Oh, hey, I'm plugging. At BD Always GP on Twitter and Instagram. And I will... Uh, my baseball blog, I Love You Pittsburgh Pirates, there will be one entry left for the season as the season closed out, so... That will be up, uh, uh, should be up by now, roughly, sometime today, I would assume. Sometime today. Yeah, whatever I... Chances are, if you're listening to this, it's probably it, up. It might already be up. Uh, but yes, I love you Pittsburgh Pirates on my Twitter page or on Tumblr. That is all. I'm at Cross Maxwell across your social media platforms. That's Chris with an O in the place of the I. At High on Film is where you can find all your information on this podcast, highonfilm.com, the High on Film Show at gmail.com, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You know us. Y'all know us. SoundCloud. We love you guys. Join us next week for High on Film Fest. We'll see you then. We love you. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>